Welcome all your listeners here. My name is Anthony Risling, and we're with uh, Christoph Kazitza, my partner with uh, Salvage Arts Pictures. Uh, this Hi. is our, our first episode here of our podcast. Uh, Christoph, tell a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'll try to keep it quick and simple. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a film, it's just a film fanatic in every which way. You know? You're, you're a writer, writer product, uh, director, producer. Uh, you, we started off doing TV shows and shorts, and then you yeah. went into to feature films. Uh, you have uh, three completed feature films, and we're working on our, our next ones together. We're basically partners, so we work on most of the projects together. So my basically uh, background is pretty much the same as yours, so I don't have to repeat ourselves on that one there. So, yeah, we're basically partners in Savage Arts Pictures, and this is our podcast. We'll, we'll be reviewing movies, films, TV shows, anything film and entertainment related. Uh, we'll have guests on our show. Today we'll call in later on with uh, Philip McAlary. He was our partner on uh, K- with KRM Films, a, a production company we uh, formed to make LA Beat, which uh, later came in to be called 911 Officer Down. It'll be released uh, next year, 2018, on Amazon Prime and Amazon um, Video. There, Xbox, the Xbox, other. yeah, DVD. You'll be able to get it too as well. So look for that next year. We'll give you more information uh, when the date comes closer. But, uh, yeah, welcome all you listeners here uh, to the show. We'll have a, a good show for everyone today. And we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas movies. Oh, my gosh. What's your favorite my Christmas movie? Uh, and well, why? And why? You, know you know what? One of them, well, there's Die Hard. People say that's a Christmas movie. Die Hard. Which one? The first one. How, why is it a Christmas movie? It takes place during Christmas. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So it's not like a traditional, like, Santa Claus type Christmas thing. Well, for, well, the, a funny one to watch, like, that, like, uh, that I like to watch every year, the comedy would be the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, that one's a classic. I like that one, too. That's one of my favorites. Chevy but if I, had to choose something, if I had to choose something rare that nobody's ever seen before, I would choose Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's about like that, that's with Mickey. That's with Mickey Rooney, and Mickey Rooney's this like evil toy maker, and he gives toys out around Christmas time. They're like killer toys. Yeah. So I thought it's like super rare, super dumb, but really kind of like pretty cool. We should watch it sometime. Everyone dies in it. Uh, not everybody, but it's it's part of like the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies are like Christmas horror movies. There's like six or seven of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They absolutely. Then the first one's about a killer Santa Claus, like a guy who dresses up as Santa Claus and he's like a serial killer. But it was famous when it came out. It had like lots of controversy behind it. But those are Christmas movies. Yeah. So not the ones you want to show your kids. Nah, maybe later in life. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the movies I watched as a kid for Christmas were like those those stop frame animation like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer movies. Yeah, I can't remember good. what they're called. Yeah, I think you've probably seen them, too. Yeah, and I like A Christmas Story, too. The traditional one with the Red Rider uh, BB gun. Frick, I hated those. Shoot I, I, that's like the worst movie ever. I, I actually want to watch it this year. Cause I I haven't, it. Cause it, it was on TV every year, and I just got sick of seeing that stupid thing. That one's good, and also the one with Bill Murray there, Scrooge. That one's a really good one, where he like he's a, plays a, a media executive or something. And, yeah. And he, he's visited by a Christmas past or whatever, and... Yeah, all these different that, adventures. Yeah, that one's like an interesting, like modern, like modern version of the Scrooge story. Yeah, I was always scared when I seen that when I was a little kid. I'm like, whoa! Show like, yeah, they are freaky. The, the, yeah, d- d- like uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past or whatever. That's the Grim Reaper looking one. That yeah. Is freaky. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he has like his his boss there dies or something, and he's talking, I seen his boss, and his face is like 
like there's stuff coming out of his face and he's drinking and comes apart. It's pretty crazy. I might have to watch that one again. Yeah, that's a good classic one. That's my one of my favorite ones to watch during Christmas. Yeah, they're not oh. making them like they used to. No, I don't know. Well, there's Krampus. That was a good one. Yeah, that was not bad. That was different. For Christmas, again, Christmas horror movies. But did it do good in the box office? That's the other thing. Huge, huge. Is it good? So it made it money. Oh, yeah. Huge, yeah. Okay. Huge, huge money. Well, yeah, I guess we might have to make a Christmas horror movie or something, or a Christmas action movie. You know what Christmas action movie I just watched? There's a Chuck Norris one. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, Force, Force Vengeance. That's a fucking Christmas movie. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, I've yeah. seen that one. There's, like, these action Christmas movies. They exist. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And they're popular? Yeah. I, 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 like I said, there's Die Hard, and there's a lot of people this year saying, like, there's, like, a a thing online where people are saying Christmas, but Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and then it's a not, not a Christmas movie, and it's kind of like a split decision there of how people feel about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think at this time we should uh, add someone else to the phone call, our conversation here with uh, joining on the phone call, or the uh, podcast with uh, Philip here. One second. Hey, hello, good afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon, Philip. Uh, hey. You're you're live on the podcast here with uh, Christoph and myself. Oh, Finally happened, Phil. You get your podcast. I'm 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 just got out of the bathtub. Well, that's all right. That's all right. We're talking that's perfect about, time. Yeah, what a way to enter on the show, Phil. We're talking about Christmas movies and your favorite Christmas movie. We've already listed Die Hard, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and uh, Christmas Story. Die Hard Christmas movie? See, see, I've told you. See, there's a mixed, there's a mixed opinion that Die Hard is a Christmas movie or it isn't. I think it is because it takes place at Christmas time. So I consider it a Christmas movie. Is you don't it, agree? I think that is a Christmas movie. Yes. Yeah, it's popular. I think it's a Christmas movie too. Well, Phil, so, yeah, yeah, Anthony's recording this thing, so we'll drop yours. What's your Christmas movie? Uh, uh the Grinch that stole stole Christmas. Yeah. Oh, classic. Okay. Like a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, no, what's yours? You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. You don't want one of those. Shoot your eye Um, What other Christmas? Well, I do like National Lampoon Christmas. That's funny. Um, what other one? There's so many. Oh, oh, Jingle All the Way. Before, they used to only jingle half the way. Now they jingle all the way. Yeah, jingling, jingling all the way is the best example of an Arnold going... Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that... I was listing Christmas horror movies. That's what I, that's what I was listing, so... Oh, that, the Black Christmas. The, um, ooh, that's a good one. It is a good one. I, I remember being terrified to watch it. Remember all those... Sorority girls, sorority girls in the house there. Yeah, I'm putting that on my list right now again. Actually, I keep skipping that one. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It is a good one. Yeah. Doesn't Tyler Perry do a good one too? Um, what about that one that does that anime kind of? Oh, what's his name? What about all the animated series, like South Park and stuff, the South Park Christmas? Is it a movie? Anthony, are our, our shows legal for this yeah, conversation? Okay. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. We'll let it pass. 
Christmas themed South Park episode. Really? Yeah. What's that? Oh, <laughs> SpongeBob. Were, were you in any uh, Christmas movies, Philip? Uh, yes, I think I was. Okay. Um, it was filmed here in uh, Vancouver, and it started that uh, that lady with the really big boobs on that show with all the girls, where they were all uh, in some sort of sorority house, and she was the den mother. Okay. This is um, oh, ah, what was it called? It was a, a series from the eighties. Um, uh, oh, well, Home Alone as well. What about Home Alone? Home, oh, Home Alone for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that was a good one. I got to meet um, the young star of that when he was older. Oh yeah, we didn't introduce ourselves there too. Uh, Philip, just uh, introduce yourself to every, all the podcast listeners and stuff, so uh, they get to know who you are and uh, yeah, a little bit uh, history. All three of them. Well, to the three of you out there, um, my name is Philip McElary. I spent nine and a half years in Hollywood as uh, an actor, singer, photo double, body double, stand-in, um, singer, songwriter. Um, I did production work. And then in Vancouver, I came back. I've been in the unions for years, since the 80s. And I've done a lot of live shows. I did cruise ships and theme park shows as a singer and dancer. And um, I've, I've quite a lengthy background. And, of course, you know, a couple of years ago, we produced L.A. Beats, or uh, now it's called Officer 911 Officer Down. Yes. And uh, I was producer and one of the lead actors in there. Um, and that was fun for us. But you're in some really, really pivotal TV shows back in the the '90s. There, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Eighties, nineties, eighties. Yeah, Fresh so Prince of Bel Air. I'm, I'm ancient. I'm a, I'm 57 now. So, I was in my 20s. I was one of Bud Bundy's buddies in in a couple of episodes of um, Married with Children. Yeah. David Faustino. Yeah. And. Um, uh, I hung out a little bit with Corey Haim and, and went to a few parties with Corey Feldman, hung out with him a bit. And, okay. Um, what about Michael J. Fox? You said you've seen him in the the bathroom or something in the uh, studio? Yeah, let's not, let's not go there. I don't want to get in trouble for that one. <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, he was uh, working on, I think it was called Family Ties, and I was on Paramount Studios for an interview, and uh, they liked me, so they asked me if I'd come back later after they got you know narrowed it all down so they told me i could just wander around the studio lot it's quite huge and so i i did and i ended up going into family ties soundstage and watching them rehearse and everything and uh then uh, later on i was out in the back and ended up running into michael j fox in the bathroom okay um and uh you know we i, I actually went to his house um, uh, well, I think it was a few a week or so later, and um, ended up, uh, you know, the guy that came to the door was kind of one of these, you know, arrogant types that I just, um, I decided I didn't want to go in if people were going to be like that. You know, they're try- they were busily trying to protect Michael J. Fox from anybody else getting to know him. Okay. 
Not Michael. Michael was really open and receiving and friendly, but some of his friends had some real attitude, and they just didn't want to share him with anybody. Okay. So a lot of the young stars were like that. They had a group of what I call, a lot of them were fake friends. They were just users, but they were, you know, trying to keep anyone genuine, you know, that could actually be a good friend to somebody out of the loop, right? They wanted them out. And uh, they made it really difficult. The same thing with working on the movie sets and stuff. Um, there was an in crowd. And it was very difficult to break down those barriers to get in on, you know, regular work, on good parts, even on the auditions. If your agent wasn't amongst, you know, a certain level of agency, you didn't even get an opportunity to audition for principal roles. You got all the throwaway parts or stuff that ended up on the editing room floor sometimes uh, um, or scenes that you were in got cut. Well, you're, you're actually able to make it in there, though. You got into a lot of, like, really good scenes there, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. There was a, a lot of good scenes here and there. Oh, no, I had a lot of... I, I got lucky, but, I mean, still, even in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I sang with the chorus, and I only had one line. Yeah. But... Um, I did get to hang out for a week. I met Quincy Jones. I met his little daughter, who was just stunningly beautiful, amazing. Her and I just hit it right off. And I, I met Will Smith when he was at, you know, what I would call the beginning of his career. Yeah. And you actually, you, you actually get decent royalties from the Fresh Prince show still. Yes, I do. Yeah, and I get yeah, them in Living Color. Like, I, I just had a in, in Living Color. I, I, I worked on that show for three weeks, and I was just on call on the sound stage all the time. So I hung up my dressing room, I hung up downstairs, hung up backstage. But then the announcement would have come over and say, would all, would all cast members please come to the studio, uh, to the sound stage, you know, and they'd have a whole set set up there and everything. And we'd all come and then the director would look at us and they'd go, you, 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 you and you, the rest of you go relax. And, um, then they place us and they they tell you how to react and what to do and they block, do the blocking and and he'd say okay I want you to say this or you to say that it was all union so they just um, and a lot of those scripts those skits they weren't 100% written they allowed the actors the lead characters in there to be a little bit more free with their um, with their scripting make it funnier or for timing or whatever. Okay. And I tell you, it was one of the most exciting things I ever worked on. I mean... So they actually allowed some improvisation. Yes, they did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted you to react for real, you know? And if something came into your head, like a couple of times, like I worked on um, Partners in Crime and I was one of the photographers. And something came into my head that seemed normal, so I yelled it out, and the Wayne brothers both laughed, and they said, keep that in, what's your name? And that's how I got into the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, them. and uh, changed my life. Um, they, they had me on a lot of their films. Sometimes I didn't do too much. Sometimes they got me to do all kinds of little things. But I just, I enjoyed being around them so much. It was like being in the company of genius, right? They were just amazing, you know? And then, of course, I was a apprentice director for the California Youth Theater, and that's where I met Jack Black. And him and I were friends from the time he was about 15 till he was so 18, till he graduated from high school. And so I used to come over, and we used to hang out. I was staying at the producer's house on the top of Solar Drive, 
and a big mansion, and uh, him and I laid up on the roof and talked about all our dreams and fantasies. And, um, he was brilliant. At 15 years old, he, he looked, well, I looked very, very young. I kind of looked younger than him. But um, I went backstage at the Hollywood Bowl there after he did his audition, and I was like, you blew my mind. You're amazing. And he looked at me and says, oh, you've got a beautiful voice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, well, thanks. And so we just, we hung out. That's what we did. We hung out. And, um, it was it was very interesting. And then he got really busy. He went on some sort of a, a tour um, the summer after he graduated with some play, I think, in Europe, or he was doing something along that line. And we just, um, I think his family moved or something happened. I, we lost touch with each other. And I tell you, he was, there was no one like him. I mean, really, there was just an amazing person, amazing personality. Um, you knew that he, you were amongst someone extremely unique uh, the, minute you, the minute you were in his presence. And uh, I, just, um, I just enjoyed my, my time there. It was tough, though, getting in. I was illegal. I, I got in by singing on a, on a Disney TV show called, I think it was called Hard Times on Planet Earth, one of their series. And uh, got my legal right to work in the state. And then I had five incredible, incredible years. Um, I had three agents and a manager working for me. And I just, um, I was booked on different sets and different things. I did different things every day. I never knew what I was going to do. It was very exciting, very interesting. Didn't you know Jason Bateman, too? Or weren't you met Jason? Uh, Jason Bateman and I did not hit it off well, but the studio... <laughs> The studio kept putting me on the on the set with him because he didn't like me very much. And, um, you know, the, the honest truth is I looked about the same age as he was. But he was, you know, he was he was a rich, young teen star. And I was just a really cute young guy that all the girls liked. And um, they made me his stand-in, and they didn't like that. So they made me someone else's stand-in. And he was really annoyed. He tried to get me kicked off the set. And um, the producer wouldn't let him. <laughs> him and I went at it a couple of times, just arguing, because he, he was a real little diva when he was young. He was just a little diva. Now, you know, it's my understanding now. I mean, I haven't seen him as an adult. Um, uh, you, know, you know, you know, just people who, who do still have friends and still work down there, and they say they get on his, I think, his anger management or something now. And they say he's really nice. Really easy going, really, you know. But when he was a young kid, he was really spoiled, really spoiled. And he liked to get his own way. And the studio was, uh, some of the studio people were just kind of tired of it, you know. And same with the Wonder Year, you know. Um, those boys beat the hell out of me. I, I felt like I was going to be a babysitter, and I told them after one week, I said, unless you're going to give me a small reoccurring role, I don't want to be a a photo double or in a stand-in on the set so you can get these kids to go and shoot baskets with me during the break and beat the hell out of me. So you don't like the Wonder Years? Oh, I loved it. It was a great show. The the cast and crew and the directors and all the lead out, they were just wonderful. Like, everyone was nice, but I was... Well, I didn't know you were on the Wonder Years. Yeah, I worked on it quite a few times, actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then they had me on in the soundstage with the kids and they kind of had me, as I said, I dropped out because they turned me into a glorified babysitter, right? And I, 
I wasn't, um, you know, I don't like kids that much, you know, to hang out with them all the time. You know, I, I just don't, that's not my thing, right? I, I prefer to do other stuff. So, and, you know, because I only look 14 or 15 years old, but the truth was I was 26, 27 years old. I mean, I was on Married with Children playing a 15-year-old when I was, you know, 30, almost 31 years old. So um, I got I got pretty tired of it. And then I was there for the Rodney King riots and the fires and floods and earthquakes, and I just I just couldn't live there anymore. Money, no money, amazing experiences. It just things fell apart, right? So I uh, didn't want to be there, but. Anyway, we're off the beaten topic of the Christmas special. Yeah, I know, but it, that was good, though. We really liked that. Those stories are awesome. You kind of told us a little bit about, about you and stuff, a little bit of a bio, and so for other episodes, people can kind of tune into the first one here and uh, get a little bit of information about you if they need to. What's that? <laughs> well, anyways, about, it, yeah. Uh, I mean, Hollywood is uh, certainly an interesting place. There's no doubt about it. And you know what? Uh, way back when I had people telling me that, you know, the casting couch and that sexual harassment. Yeah. It really, it really is was very prominent. It, you know, if you were a beautiful girl or a beautiful boy, man, a woman, you get sexually harassed. It was part of it. But, you know, you, you, you still had you know, the right to say no, well, and sometimes they're really aggressive and, you know, they gave you the impression that you're putting your career on the line if you didn't put out. So that happened um, to you then? You got sexually harassed in, in uh, Hollywood there? Oh, well, pretty much um, well, until I got into the union. Yeah. And even even once I was in the union, there yeah. was the odd audition that someone said, well, you want to meet for dinner after? And I sort of, you know, I knew, I knew that... Is- is there anything that's still around in Hollywood that have positions? Uh-huh. I don't think, you know, the old joke, yeah. oh, she, she, you know, screwed her way to the top. Yeah. Um, you look at all the movies that had bad actors and actresses, but they were good looking, but they yeah. were terrible and big budget. Yeah. And you wonder, how the hell... Did they get that part? Well, I'll tell you how they got the part. You guess, I'll guess. And I don't think we'll have to go too far. So, <laughs> so that's, you know, that's just the reality, okay? And, you know, when you get to a certain level, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a game, right? Yeah. It's a game. And it's not really like, I had one of my friends tell me, he says, oh, you're so lucky. Nobody ever hits on me. And I'm like, well, that's because you're fat and ugly. Yeah. You know, and uh, he says, oh, well, you should be so grateful about it all. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Being harassed sexually is just no fun. It just ruins everything. Mm-hmm. But then again, for a person who's been unattractive all of their lives, they see it as like, I wish someone would sexually harass me, mm-hmm. you know? So, so did you go to the soda club or soda pop club, was it called? Soda pop club? Yeah, it's something that, that Corey, uh, um, that Corey, uh, Hay- or Feldman's talking about now. When there's like harassment that he got like sexually harassed in this place called the Soda Pop Club or whatever. Through all the people used to go to in LA there. and Yeah. Well, I was at his house a couple of times. Okay. Uh, for parties. Um, and Corey Haim, I mean, Corey Haim, he was only 16 and he, 
he, he got me to drive him. He said, we need to get something from the store. So I drove down there and he came on to me in the, in my truck. And I just, I, <laughs> I remember looking at him going, you know what? Cause he was bigger than me. Like yeah. he was already bigger than me and everything. Yeah. And then he told me a couple of stories about how he had been, you know, screwing around for quite a long time already and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, that's nice for you, but you, I'm not going there with you. That's it. You know, and he was like, almost like, well, don't you know who I am type thing? And I'm thinking, well, you know, uh, it doesn't really have any effect. I mean, uh, on me, except I probably had I decided to fool around with him or whatever, I would have probably been invited to more parties. <laughs> uh, uh, but, so he, I, you know. He's secretly gay then, basically? Well, like gay, bisexual, I think he was completely gay. Yeah. yeah I, I think he was. Um, but, you know, everyone, it was so in the closet mm-hmm. that that's how come a lot of sexual harassment happened mm-hmm. that nobody talked about because it was so deep in the closet. Yeah. And especially amongst the gay community or people who were open to that sort of stuff. What like happened so, with little Richie and you? Remember didn't tell us Little, Ri- Trish- little Richard? Yeah. Oh, little Richard. Richard Pennyman. Yeah. The, a rock and roll legend. Oh, he, I met him on The Goddess of Love, which was with Vanna White and him, and I, I was his hairdressing assistant. He paid the owner of the hair salon, and um, it was actually a really bad movie, but it was really funny. And But he took a liking to me, and he walked around holding my hand, and when the word got out that he was on set, oh, oh, my God. Hundreds of people were up against the barbed wire fences trying to look at him screaming and freaking. And I'm like, we're walking back to his trailer and they had to fence it all in and everything. And we're on location. And and he sent he sent me home in a limo and he got me picked up. And then he was staying at the um, Hyatt on Sunset. Um, I guess the record companies had really done a number on him. He never, ever got royalties. He only got a salary. So when he wasn't working, he didn't get any money like all the other, I guess, white performers of the time. All got royalties, but he didn't. So he actually went broke for a while. So, but it was in the news. I mean, nothing I'm saying is, is not new, but a lot of people didn't know he was staying at the Hyatt on Sunset. And I used mm-hmm. to, we used to talk on the phone a lot. And then every so often, he'd come and pick me up and we'd go out. And yeah, yes, he, he hit on me and stuff. And I was, I, I just told him that I, I just respected him so much. And he was, he was so amazing that I just didn't want to visualize anything sexual between mm-hmm. us, right? Now, not that I'm not a bit of a slut or was a bit of a slut. I was definitely a bit of a slut, but I did have respectability yeah. and... I mean, Christ, if I had sex with everybody that asked me to have sex with them, I would have just stayed in a room on my back. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> and, and um, you know. Dear God. Dear God. You know. But, I mean, I, I have to, you know, even though I was a slut, I did say, I did say no more than I said yes. So, but that, I'm, I'm good like that, you know. So. It's just music. That's Christoph. Little Richard, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was he was a wonderful man. 
could talk to you and everything. And I, I just, I enjoyed our time together. And it was about two years. He kind of courted me for two years. And now when I gave him one of my demo tapes that, you know, one of my songs I can see, it's on my website, philipmacillary.com. And um, he listened to it and he came back to me and he said, called me up and he, he, he picked me up in a limo and we were driving around, driving around Hollywood and West Hollywood and stuff. And he didn't really like to get out because people would gather very quickly. And he actually had um, heavy, heavy makeup on all of the time. Never did I ever see him without full, full pancake, almost clown-like makeup on. <laughs> so, and... Um, uh, but I, I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed his company, and he liked mine, but he said that after you listened to my song, he said, you were sent from God, he said, you have a voice of the, of the angel, of an angel, you have the voice of an angel, he said, and I'm looking at him, and I said, you know, I was well, thank you, <laughs> that's all I could say to him, okay. and then it was sh- shortly after that, I didn't, I didn't see much of him anymore, sure. so... I don't know if he moved away or he finally bought his own place, but I believe, I think it was Warner Brothers, and I can't quote me on that one, was picking up the tab for him to live at the Hyatt on Sunset because he had lost his home. He went bankrupt. And so they put him up there out of guilt because they sure took advantage of him uh, financially at that time. But that was nothing new. People made the deal, right? He was just, as he said to me, he was so grateful to, you know, be part of that family that, you know, he took the first, you know, offer they offered to him, right? Which was extremely low by comparison to other artists and singers of the time, right? Yeah. But, no, I really loved him. He was just fantastic. But, no, I, he tried. He tried. He tried to touch me, and he was, but he was so sweet about it. He wasn't aggressive or nasty. I just... Like no, Richard, too much respect for you. You're like a rock and roll legend. I can't, I can't do this. I can't let this happen. You know. Plus, you know, scrubbing, scrubbing the lipstick ring off the base of my penis would have been really hard after. Ah, it's ah, a terrible thing to say, but it would have been true. Christoph, you have anything to chime in on with that? Uh Well, I guess that's. Uh... Like, I guess you can't give away everything in the first podcast, can we? There's so many more stories. There's there's a lot, though. I mean, I was there for nine years, approximately, and I had five very lucrative years, very exciting years, um, and uh, it was very interesting. See, my goal was not to be a superstar or a movie star. And see, my goal was to work in the film and TV and music industry. That was my goal, and... I wanted to work, and I wanted everything. I wanted to know about producing. I wanted to know about acting. See, I wanted to know about every department, right, every department. And I was so lucky that some of the AGs, I worked in craft service. I worked a bit with the Teamsters. Um, I I worked with so many people doing so many. I worked at MGM office. I worked at Paramount Studios in the office doing accounting for the movie sets and the things that were going on at the time and I, I I worked as a temp and just got bounced all over the place and just I learned so much right mm-hmm. 
and I went to a lot of parties, and uh, yeah, there was just a lot of wild stuff going on. I wasn't as wild as some, um, and you know, I never did the drugs. I was offered the drugs, but I never did them. Um, you know, mine is a little bit of, uh, you know, drinking, which, you know, I don't do at all anymore, but I did back then, and, and marijuana, and that was it. And um, there was a lot more going on than that, and as I said, it was offered to me. It was almost like that if you didn't fall to the peer pressure, you actually ended up not um, being asked back sometimes, you know, which was kind of sad, you know. I used to tell people at some parties, oh, I'm already stoned, thank you very much. Oh, I already did some. What do you, what do you, what do you high on? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm high on lots. I, I, I did some coke, and literally I yeah. did. I had a, I can't, yeah. I had a camera Coca-Cola. in my, yeah. Yeah, Coca, I didn't have the word <laughs> Coca-Cola to the side of it, but I, yeah, oh, I, I did some coke tonight quite a bit. Yeah, lots. Had fun. Almost finished a two-liter bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a whole bottle of that shit, eh? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, but yeah. I did. I, I started it comes bottled now. What's that? It comes bottled now. Yeah, really. Well, I told people that I was already it? high. I told them because I found that if I said I wasn't doing it, like, then I wasn't going to be popular, right? I wasn't going to be invited back. So, um, you know, that, that's sort of, sort of how it went. And, uh, you high? Oh, sure, I'm high. I'm on the twenty-first fucking floor. Exactly. Exactly. So, so Christoph, what are you gonna do for the holidays? There, it's almost the end of the year here. Uh, I gotta go up to Kelowna with the family up there. We're gonna go with the family and Philip. Yeah. What are you doing for the holidays? We're just having a few people over for the big dinner and uh, just eat a lot and uh, sleep in and yeah. smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, uh, and do a lot of coke. Lots of coke. Lots of Coca Cola. And um, <laughs> I'm also I'm I'm uh, busy with some cannabis related um, uh, politics stuff. So I've got a lot of studying. I've got some uh, things to look over. I'm uh, catching up on a lot of uh, uh, legal background that has changed slightly since I applied to be a licensed producer for medical cannabis. So um, now the legalization is coming up. So I'm involved uh, quite uh, deeply with the co-op that I'm a president of um, to become a craft grower and possibly renew my own personal grow license. So we're, we're, there's a lot more to it than, than people realize and, and the application process and the politics behind it. And unfortunately, what we're dealing with is people, bureaucrats, who actually have no... Uh, cannabis experience whatsoever trying to make rules for the rest of us and this is where I get very annoyed and upset so you know they're parents oh here's a here's a here's something that so-and-so wrote and he says you shouldn't get into a car for 24 hours after you smoke that marijuana I'm like oh yeah right I said are they gonna you know uh, is they gonna test that for driving and and what about opioids? They're going to start testing for that, too? Mm-hmm. No. Anyway. 
Well, we should probably leave this here because there's a lot of subjects that we can get into over yeah. the next little while. Yeah, we're reaching the 30-minute mark here on the podcast, so that's a nice mark for the first episode here. And uh, we'll do many more to come, and we can kind of focus in on different uh, topics there, in particular like the this film or that project, or we can interview you different... Do we enough Christmas movies? Yeah, I think we've got enough Christmas movies. Christoph, did you want any more Christmas movies to add? Do I have any more to add? For the Christmas movies? Well, I'm just going to add one more because I haven't seen it yet. I want to watch it. They made, a re- uh, they made a remake of that Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. And it was made in like 2012. Yeah. And it's just called Silent Night, but it's a remake. They got a Santa Claus on the front with a flamethrower, so I'm going to watch that one. Okay. Yeah, that's my last one. Right? We'll get all I'm the fun. Phil, Phil, my, my, uh, mine was Christmas horror movies. Mm-hmm. So that was my big thing. Oh. I like yeah. the funny ones. I like the funny ones. There's a lot of emotional Christmas movies out there, and I can't remember their names. You know, they have all these big stars showing Miracle on The Miracle on 45th Street or something like that, what was the one called? Oh, you did such lovely things. You saved the town on Christmas. Oh. Merry Christmas, every one of you. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll accept you over there, but the rest of you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you okay. know, it's also Happy Hanukkah time too, right? Yeah, it's almost the New Year's too. Well, hopefully, we get another podcast in before the New Year's. But if not, this would be the the last one before uh, 2018. Uh, perhaps we'll be a little more organized next time. Yeah. Well, no, it's our first one. We just want to jump in there and get one on the thing there and get some uh, listeners to listen over the holidays. Uh, subscribe, like, comment on the. Whichever uh, way you're listening to us, either Spotify or any way you're listening to us, basically comment in the down below there and send us an email. Just go to our website and talk to us more. Yeah. Well, and also we're going to do different topics. I definitely think that we should venture into some of the politics or some of the satire, you know, some of the things that are going on that might be interested locally, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, but. Um, uh, it'd be interesting to see people's perspective, real people talking about real things. Yeah, it'd be nice to uh, catch oh, Miracle on 34th Street. Just found it. Miracle on 34th Street. I remember that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. And a lot of big stars have made Christmas movies over the years. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jingle All the Way. Yeah. So, but it'd yeah. be fun. All right. Well, okay. let's wrap it up for today. Yeah, thanks all the listeners today, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks.